Hi, this is Austin Anderson. I'm the lead pastor of Tacoa Church. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Tacoa Church exists to see people connect to God, to find and live out their purpose. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and draws you closer to God. Well, welcome. If you're new to Tacoa, my name is Austin. I'm the lead pastor here. I would love to meet you after service. If you are looking for a family, if you're looking for a community, we want to say to you, welcome home, welcome to our community. We would love to have you be a part of it. So this morning, um, we are starting a brand new series called Rooted, and I'm going to be speaking over the next few weeks um, about um, some topics that go along with this series Rooted, and then um, all of our groups as a church are going through the same series as well. So if you join a group, I want to invite you to do that. Um, if you jump into one of these groups, men's, women's, marriage, young adults, um, and the community, we're all going to go through the same thing together. Um, in the first few weeks, I'm going to be adding on some bonus content on Sundays to that as well. But this comes out of Jeremiah chapter 17. It says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes, for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought, for it does not cease to bear fruit. And this is the idea of being rooted. It's being connected, yes, but it's, the idea is that you're connected to the source of life. You're connected to the water, the nutrients that you need, so that whether seasons are good or seasons are bad, life around you is challenging or it's amazing. You don't have the crazy peaks and valleys of life, but you're continuing to move through, just trusting God. You're continuing to move through with the resources that you need to be taking those steps. That as we follow Jesus, that we would also, you know, for some of us, we're, that's brand new. Maybe we even haven't taken that step. Welcome. But if we've been following him, part of that call is that we lead other people towards him. That we're making disciples as well. And part of what Ruta does is it creates a space and an opportunity and a way for us um, to help other people in their faith journey as well. And so as a church, we think this is a great tool to help you in your faith journey, as well as give you a tool for those around you that, that you might want to encourage in their journey as well. It says in Colossians chapter 2, therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Well, I, I like that finishing, abounding in thanksgiving, as I was just praying, right, that this is an encouraging place. I think a place that's abounding in thanksgiving is an encouraging place that I want to be a part of, right? And he says that you would be established and rooted and built up in him in Jesus. And so I, we're going to, I got a sermon, I got a message for you this morning, it's going to be great. Um, but before we even get into it, I just want to take this opportunity to encourage you. Um, you know, you could do it right now, you're not going to offend me even, because this is so that important. But sign up for one of these groups, do it at the end of service, um, join one of these groups. And what I love about it is that we're all doing the same thing. So if you're ever like, hey, I'm at the 10-minute hangout, I don't know what to talk about, well, now you got something to talk about because everybody's doing the same thing. And on top of that, um, what I love about it is that it is practical for everybody. I just led a group through this, and 
and a couple pastors in my group, we all got out a lot of a lot out of it. People that were new to faith, exploring faith, get a lot out of it as well. So no matter where you're at, this is applicable to you. And I just wanted to share. Um, I asked a couple of the guys in my group, "Hey, where were you four months ago before this? Where are you now in your faith journey?" And this is what they said: I went from unprepared to prepared. I went from disconnected, alone, and wandering to rooted together and purposeful. Went from discouraged to encouraged. Went from comfortable to enriched and rekindled. Went from isolated and superficial to connected and heard. And so I want to invite you, right, who doesn't want some more of those good things in your life? Jump into what one of these groups. This morning, I want to speak to us about this topic. I want to speak to us really about the central thing about life. And seven years ago, eight years ago now, eight, nine years ago, man, getting old, nine years ago, I was working in sales. And um, it always surprises people when they meet me, they find out I'm a pastor or somebody on Friday I met, and he's like, I'm in sales. And I told him, I used to do sales too. And he said, really? What, what pastor does sales? But I was in sales in L.A., and I overall really liked my job. It was fun. I was in the, the restaurant industry, and I was in a crazy sales position where I was selling to them, and they were buying from me, but they were trying to bribe me with good food. And it was like the best of every world, right? Normally, the salesman is the one that's like, I'm taking you out to dinner or drinks or whatever so that you can buy my product. Uh, but they wanted my product so bad that, that they were trying to like treat me well. Got to take Allie on some just amazing dates as we were dating with, you know, I know the chef and he's given us a, a personal meal. And it was a lot of fun. But it was also disheartening because I was getting to be extremely successful. Some of you have heard part of this or all of this story before because this is the reason that we started this church. Because I was super successful. I was making money. And I said, what am I doing with my life? Like, I don't know if you've been there. I think maybe a lot of us have gotten there at some point. But I said, I, like, there's got to be something else. Because I got the things I wanted. Life is going well. But, but what am I doing with my life? You know, I, I knew, like, okay, go to church on Sundays and, and connect to God, and that's good. But, but, but what about the rest of my life? And God took me on a journey not to become a pastor, but to figure out what that meant in sales. And that gave us the heart for this church because, right, you all aren't pastors in full-time ministry. You might be in sales or education or a service job or a stay-at-home parent or whatever it might be. You might be a student, but you're not a full-time pastor. And I think we all have that heart of, of desire, though, of what is my purpose? What's my meaning in life? What am I searching after? And God wants to speak into that and says, I have a purpose for each and every one of you and that's why we're here. And I feel like our mission statement, even as a church, is, is a promise that we'll connect you to God. You have to accept that. But we'll connect you to God. And if you walk with us, you'll find your purpose and we'll help you live out your purpose. Like that's what happens if you're a part of this community. And that's the heart of what was started for me. So my message is titled today, What Are You Really Longing For? Not what are you, what you are really longing for. I'm not going to leave you with the question, I'm going to give you the answer. <laughs> I 
what you are really longing for in life. We're going to look at Matthew 16 as the core of our time together this morning. I love the modern church, right? Just silent. Nobody, no rustling pages, no Bibles turning. We got it on the screens for you. I'm like, here's my chance. Let me take a drink of coffee while everybody, no, it's okay. We got it up there and not, this is not a, this is not a judgment on you. All right, Matthew 16, verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, some translations say disciple, you must give up your own way, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? For the Son of Man will come with his angels in the glory of his Father and will judge all people according to their deeds. And I tell you the truth, some standing here right now will not die before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. We're going to get serious this morning, but I got good news for you. So don't, don't get too worried if you're like, man, you don't know the week I had. It was challenging. I don't need more, Pastor. No, no, no. It's going to end in a good place. So, so walk with me this morning. But Jesus speaks this to his disciples just before this. They're all talking about this concept that they had in the Jewish faith that we got adopted into as Christians now. And they were talking about this concept of Messiah. It was an expectation of their deliverer coming. And they had all of this expectation around it, this hope, this excitement. They were living under Roman rule. They were living just oppressed in many ways. And there was this immense hope that for centuries they've been looking forward to this person that God would send called the Messiah that will provide a way for them. And it was an eternal provision that was coming for them, and it was also a provision that they thought of in their moment of today. This is what, when the Messiah comes, the Romans are going to be gone, we're going to rule ourselves, we're going to be a people of power again. And Jesus tells his disciples this and he says, as I set up my kingdom, it's, it's not about getting political power. He says, he goes on to continue to say, you know what, just so you know, this is the plan. This is where this is leading. You've been following me for a couple of years. This is where this is leading. I'm going to go die on a cross. And they look at him a little crazy like, that's, that's not the answer, Jesus. He says, I'm going to die on a cross, but then I'm going to come back to life because God's going to raise me up. And this is the way that God's going to bring about his promises in our world. And Peter, just aggressive against Jesus, no. <laughs> no, Jesus, that is not what's going to happen. You're wrong. That's a bad plan. Stop. You ever told Jesus no? You ever told God no? Like, I think we can identify with Peter, right? Like, we're reading it and we're like, well, that's stupid. Don't tell God no. Like, that's not going to work out well for you, Peter. But, but how often do we tell him no? Like, God, your plan, that's, that, that can't be it. Because I got a plan, and it's better than your plan. Like, right, we're going to come, like, you're, Jesus, you have the power of heaven behind you. Like, let's overthrow the Romans. Like, it's going to be good. We're going to set up peace in this land. We're going to make a safe space for everybody. We're going to help the orphans and the widows and the poor. And like, that's the plan, Jesus, because that's better. It's not about you dying for them. Like, th this is the plan. And, and Peter, right, he gets rebuked. He gets called out by Jesus. But, but we're so much like him. 
We think, God, bring healing here. That's the best plan. Provide over there. Find me, find me that spouse, God, that I'm looking for. Because if you do that, God, like it's not just for me. Your, your, your church, your kingdom, your world is going to be better if you do that, right? Because together we'll be better. Or if I have more strength and, I, and I'm not facing this trial anymore, like I can do more for you, God. And we think our plan is the best plan. And Jesus says, no, I have a plan, and it's good. So the disciples, they're already following Jesus as this comes about. And he says to them, if you hang on to your life, you will lose it. If you try to grab onto it. But if you give up your life, you will save it. Right? And, and we're going through life. We're trying to make a way. We're trying to get money. We're trying to get the promotion. We're trying to get the family, the house. And we're, we're trying to find even meaning in those things. We think they're going to be what give us what we want. And Jesus is saying, and we kind of know it, that's not the answer. He says, more of the same, it's not going to provide for you. But we go through life and we, we hoard our money. That's a, you know, one that I've had to give over to God. Or we get the job and we just want the promotion or we want the next thing. We get the family and we're still lonely and we're still tired. We're still looking for more. And that's my story, right? I was, what I didn't tell you is that when I was in that sales job, I had actually gone to school to be a pastor before that. I went to seminary and literally got a degree. My degree says Master of God. It says it in Latin, but that's literally what my piece of paper says. That's what I studied. And even I came out of that and said, okay, here's my job, here's my life. And I was so distracted by all of it. Because it's so easy to just say, well, but this, this has got to be good. Right? Like it's called an American dream for a reason. Right? Like that's, that's what we should go after. Even though we know it deep down, it's just too easy to li for life to sweep us up and we just go after it. But it doesn't have to define, if this has been your past or your present right now, it doesn't have to define your future. Jesus wants more for us. Not just that he wants more, but he has more for us. The things of this world don't satisfy us, but he has more for us. He says if you save your life, if you try to save it, you're going to lose it. And he says, what benefit if you have God, but you lose all the things that we just talked about? Not, what happens if you gain all those things that you wanted, but you lose your soul? What's the purpose? What's the point? Like, honestly, nothing in this world is really that great anyways. Like, for the moment it is, a little bit, but nothing is really that great, and if you're going to lose your soul over it, it's just not worth it. It says, For the Son of Man will come with his angels in the glory of his Father and will judge all people according to their deeds, and I tell you the truth, some standing here right now will not die before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. This is what he says. He says, you're going you're gonna to lose your life if you try to go after me. He says, he says there's, there's judgment coming, and that doesn't sit well with all of us, maybe. But if God is going to be just and fair, there has to be a judgment that's coming. But what do we do with our lives here? Because I think some of us, right, we know that. We're like, okay, Jesus, I, I follow you. I've accepted what you've done for me. But what are we doing with our lives? 
1 Corinthians 3 says, Now if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, by the way, the foundation is Jesus, the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. If the work that anyone has built on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss, though he himself will be saved, but only as through fire. I think some of us, like this is the goal, just, just to survive the flames. Like that's, that's where we've set our sights. That's what we're shooting for. Like I just want to survive the, like I want to get to heaven, God. I want to be with you. I, like that, I want eternity with you. That, that's, that's where we've set the bar for our Maybe it's a little higher than that, like, yeah, I want to do some, some good things with my life, God. I want to live a life that has some meaning to it, but, like, this is what I'm shooting for. I want to challenge us this morning to think a little bit bigger, because God has more for you. He has more for your life than that. Do you want more, or are you content just surviving this life and then surviving into the next? You know, you're, you're at church, and you're following, and you're just, I'm just here so I can make it to him. Like that's, that's it. That's, that's my level. And it's hard. It's counter to what we think, but when we die to self, Jesus actually raises us up more. He actually has more for our lives when we die. We just have to change the perspective that even the disciples who have been walking with Jesus had a hard time changing. Because even for them, they had a hard time saying, well, you're going to give up your life. We might have to give up our lives. Like, that doesn't seem better. But what he says is if you do that, there's more for you. There's more that he wants to give for you. He says, take up your cross and follow me. Some of you right now here, if you're already a follower of Jesus, I'm speaking to you at this, for this, this moment here. And maybe you're here. I meet so many people there in San Jose. And you got your plan. It's six months. It's two years. It's five years. I got my plan. Like, I'm here so that I can get the thing I need to get, and then I'm out of here to the next thing, but I'm just here so I can get to there. And you think, I'm here, and there's time for purpose, there's time for my life, like, down the road once I get out of here and to the next thing, but I just got to get to there. And I want to challenge some of us this morning to, to just give God a chance to have more for you, that he would do more through your life. Maybe you're here for a year. I want to ask you, give God two years. You're here for three years and you're ready to move on. Give him six. Double what you're planning and see what he does. doesn't mean you might not still move to the next thing, but see what God would do if you gave him the time. And I think what you'll be able to accomplish, what God will be able to accomplish through you is so much greater than just trying to escape the flames of this life, trying to get a little satisfaction out of this life. It's going to be more. When I think about what God has done in the year and a half of the life of this church, what he's going to do in the next year and a half, the next five, the next ten, because we deeply love this city, but part of deeply loving this city is being committed to it, not giving up on it, not saying, I'm just here to survive the flames so that I can get to the next best thing. What if you gave God more? And that, if he called you to leave, awesome, we will, we've done it before, we will pray blessings on you and send you 
on to what God has for you. But I think what you'll leave is a legacy. It won't be, I, I was there, I did my thing, and I moved on, and it's a part of my history, but, but you'll leave a legacy of getting to impact the city, of changing the city, of changing lives, of getting to make a difference in people's lives because you, you said, okay, I did something. I let God do something through my life. Don't just escape the flames, but build something. And the awesome thing about building something is this is your house. Because if you're a follower of Jesus, you're a son or daughter of God. And that means his house is your house. It's not just you putting in the work so that you can build somebody else's house and you got to go back to yours at the end of the day and you don't get to enjoy it. It's not like you're just like a laborer trying to get your paycheck. But as we build together, that's our house that we get to enjoy and be a part of and get to see and, and, and be building on, enjoying, getting to be a part of. Before I keep going, I probably should acknowledge that line in there that said, I tell you the truth, some standing here might right now will not die before they see the Son of Man coming in his kingdom. And that might be a little confusing. It was for me, like, did that happen? Did, did some of those people not die? That, like, that was 2,000 years ago, Jesus. Like, are you sure that that's what you meant by those words? But I want us to look at Hebrews chapter 2, verse 9 says, What we do see is Jesus, who for a little while was given a position a little lower than the angels. And because he suffered death for us, he is now crowned with glory and honor. Yes, by God's grace, Jesus tasted death for everyone. Jesus tasted the death for us so that we didn't have to experience it. Because we all have sinned in our life. We've all messed up, and unfortunately we're going to again in the future as part of being human and living in this world. And Jesus came, and he didn't. He lived a perfect life, and then he went to his death on the cross so that he could taste the death that we deserve. He went in his death, separated from the Father for three days. That was the death that we all deserved. And we don't ever have to experience that death when we follow him. Ever. We don't even have to experience it for three days and then wait to be risen back to new life. Because Jesus experienced it for us if we put our faith, our trust, our hope in him, then what he tasted is something that we never have to experience. We get to spend eternity with the presence of God. But it cost us something. We have to give up our own way. How many of you have given up your way for Jesus? Or is it Jesus on the side? Like, I'm there, but I'll, well, I'll take a little of him when I want, when I need him, just on the side. Trust you for my sins, Jesus, because I want eternity, but I've got my plan for my life. Let me, let me, let's do that, God. Now, it might sound challenging. You might think, I'm not ready for that. Like, my life is so challenging even. You might be thinking right now, Pastor, you're telling me to take up my cross. I'm not ready for that. Like, I didn't come to church for a, a, a message where I got to do something. Like, I, I just want some more of God. I want some goodness in my life. Because that's life. Maybe you just lost a job. Maybe you just lost a person. Maybe it was a difficult week. 
Don't tell me, Pastor, to take up my cross. I can barely keep walking on my own. But even then, there's a beautiful picture that Jesus gave because when he was carrying his cross, he couldn't carry it on his own. He, they had to have another guy carry it for him to his own death because he couldn't carry it on his own. And when we can't keep going, God provides those around us and our community, and he provides a way for us to keep going when we need to. And it's this upside-down reality of God's kingdom that when we take up our cross, that we actually get elevated up. When we give up our lives, we actually gain something. And it doesn't make sense. It didn't make sense to the disciples, but, but this is what God has for us. And he says this in Matthew chapter 5, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Before I keep reading, let me let you in on something. Blessed can also be translated happy, which makes no sense to us, right? Who's, who's happy when they're mourning? That doesn't make sense. But it does in God's kingdom. He says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice, be glad, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. I'm going to invite the band up here. And the crazy thing about these statements is that God is saying your life is actually going to be better with me even when the world doesn't seem it. What Jesus says is if you follow him, take up your cross and your life is going to be blessed. It's going to be better. It doesn't make sense. But don't spend your whole life trying to pursue after something and lose your soul. It doesn't matter. And so what is your plan? What's the impact that you're going to have on what God is going to do? Would you take up your cross? It's the bottom basement worst thing that existed. It was worse than just being a prisoner in jail. The cross was on the way to death, and it wasn't just death for a random person that committed a crime or did whatever. It was the worst possible death. And not only death, there was a shame and a just, there was the worst thing that you could imagine was having to carry your cross and being dying on it. But Jesus says, take up your cross. The most important thing is to seek in this life God, Jesus, and to partner with what he is doing. And this is the, the paradox that I want to leave us with this morning. That you will actually save your life when you are pursuing him. Like if you suffer for Jesus even, which we all want to avoid at all costs, right? You'll actually save your life. If you struggle a little bit, it's okay because God's actually got more for you. He's saying right now on planet earth, not just eternity in heaven, but right now in this earth, he's got life for you. He's got goodness for you. He's got hope for you. And I think, I think of this, this reality even for me. I, I got a little picture of it last Sunday night at our, our worship night that we did together. I was up here with, um, with my family right in the front row, and it's, 
me and my wife and my two daughters, and we're just enjoying the presence of God, and we're enjoying time as a family. And I, I thought, what else could I give my life to? What else do I want out of life? Sure, there's things that I would like, but together, in the presence of God, getting to be a part of what he's doing here in this city to transform it and change lives, there's nothing I would rather do. There's nothing I could give my life to that's better than that. I don't have any regrets of leaving the sales job and leaving the finances of that or leaving the opportunity of that. I have no regrets at all. But it's hard and it doesn't make sense because, but God, like, that's got to be better. And I'll use it for your kingdom, but it's got to be better. I want to ask us to respond this morning. It's a little quiet in here this morning, but I, I think God wants to do something in us this morning. I think he wants to do something even in you. I want us all to stand up right now. God is here in this room, in this place. And I think even as I've been sharing this morning, some of you are feeling that tug of God of, what if there really was more? I always wanted to fully trust you, God, but it's always been a little bit of Jesus on the side. Maybe you've given some or done some or trusted him some, but, but he says, no, no, no. If you go all in and trust me, I have better for you. I want you to live a life that's blessed. I want you to live a life full of grace. I want you to live a life full of mercy. I want you to live a life full of goodness. And I know you're going to have to give up some of those things you want, but trust me, my plan is better. Don't tell me no. God's saying my plan is better. Trust me. And I want to invite us to just take a step of faith to say, God, I don't even know what that fully means, but I want to follow you, Jesus, and I want to trust that if I pick up that cross, it's going to be worth it. It's going to be good. God, I'm going to take a step of faith and say, I'm going to go all in and see what you do. Or maybe you've never trusted him and, and you want to take that step for the first time to say, God, okay, Jesus, I'm going, to, I'm going to trust you. I want to follow you. I need help in my life. I need, I need you to save me because, because you, my past, I, I need you, God. So I want to invite us to respond in this moment. Because are you here and you just like, ah, I'd, I'd like to, to, to feel a little better or I'd like to know God a little bit better? Or do you really want him to transform your life and meet you? And so I want to invite us to take a step of faith to say, God, I'm going to come and whatever it takes, I want more of you. And I want to invite us to come up here out of our seats if you want to take that step of God, I, I want to meet you. Nothing remarkable about this space other than this is where our worship team, this is where me, this is where we are hosting God here this morning and he wants to meet with you. He's saying, if you just take a step towards me, I think he wants to meet you too in a, in a special way this morning. So right now as I'm finishing talking, if you, that's you, if you feel like the nudge of God in your heart, or maybe you say, I don't know, I don't feel anything, but I would like to. I want you, God. Even as the team continues here, you can take a step up. Come up, come up here, right at the front, 
and we're going to wor- continue in worship, and we're going to seek God together. There's some of us that, ah, oh, that seems scary, Pastor. Nobody's moving yet. I don't want to be the only one. But God's going to honor those that say, I want your presence. And say, I'm going to meet you as you come. And he's going to meet you this morning. And I don't know what you need. If you need more peace, if you need more grace, if you need more hope, if you need more life, if you need more goodness, if you need healing, if you need hope, if you need salvation. But God is in this place. And he is moving here. So as we worship together, you can keep coming up if you haven't yet. If you still want to, it's not too late. But let's seek him together and trust. Thank you for joining us on the Tekoa Church podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and let God do the work only he can do. We hope it helped you wherever you are at in your faith journey. We want to connect with you if you're going through something difficult or looking to be a part of our church community. Fill out the Tacoa card on our Connect page, tacoachurch.org connect. While there, you can also see the most up-to-date information in the life of our church. A special thank you to those of you who give to Tacoa. Your sacrifice makes this podcast and our Sunday gatherings possible, as well as creates life change throughout the world. You can be a part of this by going to tacoachurch.org giving. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast. Until next time, blessings.